Hi, and welcome to Podcasting 101 with Rachel. This podcast is for busy female entrepreneurs who run their own businesses and want to start a podcast or who may already have a podcast. I want to share practical information and tips on how you can get your podcast started and managing it along the way. I'll also be interviewing other female podcast hosts to give you real insight into what it's like having your own podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today I have with me Hollywood. Hi Holly, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Holly is the Flourish Mentor, which is a digital marketing-focused business mentor and positive psychology coach for women entrepreneurs. Her mission is to help women flourish and reach their success by attracting their ideal clients that truly align. Her ultimate client attraction system infuses her 13 years plus of digital marketing experience and growing a brand online with a positive psychology toolkit that addresses the importance of mindset alongside strategy. Wow, that sounds so interesting. I have seen your positive psychology posts coming out on LinkedIn and they're so interesting. Mm. And thank you. um, Listening to your podcast recently, you touch on those as well which I think positive psychology is such a good thing. I think we all need to embrace being more positive in our lives rather than focusing on the negative. Yeah, and I'm definitely leaning into that more, which is like, well done, because my uh, bio is a bit of a mouthful, I feel. But (laughs) (laughs) I uh... I was like... (laughs) (laughs) But I think, yeah, you know, my background is digital marketing and and my kind of... um, you know, Genius Zone is about building brand online and marketing yourself online, but so much of mindset comes into it. And I've studied psychology and um, more recently positive psychology and coaching. And I've just realised that the two just go hand in hand. And so, yeah, thank you for noticing the LinkedIn because that's kind of a new thing for me is leaning into more specifically the positive psychology side of things. So, um, yeah, there'll be more of that to come. Yeah, they're really interesting. I um, I like reading some of those articles on on LinkedIn and having deeper deeper diving into the mindset things because it's something that we all struggle with. But I think I myself as an online entrepreneur as well, it, it's something that you know you kind of go in some kind of cycle with with feeling mm. good and then letting it um, kind of feel a little bit negative again. And it's good to try and have some tools to to bring you back to the positive side of things and back with you, refocusing your business as well. Totally. And just bring it, bringing all that balance um, yeah. because it's hard being an entrepreneur, isn't it? And so you need that kind of, that, yeah. that well-being is, is as important to your success as the kind of strategy is in the marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in your business before we go into um, your awesome yeah. podcast? Yeah, I'll give you the abridged version because otherwise I feel like it will take over the whole episode, Rachel. But in a nutshell, my I have a fairly sort of what I say traditional background, i.e., you know, education, uni, got a job after uni. I always worked in kind of events and that side of things. I was a wedding planner for a while, worked in commercial events. So it's always quite um, interested in people and um yeah and kind of events I suppose and kind of experiential activities and I started I guess about 13 years ago now it's probably even a bit longer I started a blog 
and it was before blogging was a thing I feel like it was quite this thing that nobody really understood or knew what it was my hubby was always in digital marketing and I remember him saying you should just start a blog to write about the events that you organize and the weddings and kind of a bit like in my head an online cv you know a portfolio there was nothing commercial about it there was no there was not like brand sponsorship deals and things back then it was just a pure like oh let's use this kind of new online tool to document my work and that's how my I guess foray into digital marketing started and it quickly became more of a what is now called a lifestyle blog because I had moved from London to Manchester and I was kind of documenting discovering a new city and you know people from down south were asking me like where do you go out to eat and it became yeah what is now kind of termed a food and lifestyle blog but back then was purely a creative outlet for me and just a way of documenting what was going on in my life and I quickly realized I was ranking everywhere like when you googled you know places to eat in Manchester my blog would come up and I was kind of like what hold on how does that work and so I started to kind of really understand more about SEO and digital marketing and social media started to come about and it was about how to how I could utilize social media to grow my blog and again that was still quite early days with anybody even thinking like that so that's kind of how the journey of digital marketing started I again in a nutshell um started to run events for other bloggers in Manchester and this was on the kind of side to my uh nine to five and started to build a bit of a community up here in the north of people who were then bloggers now content creators or influencers and just you know getting together and chatting about how to take nice photos you know we didn't have yeah. really cool apps back then and we didn't have like it wasn't a job you know for people we were just figuring out how to um, make something of this really cool hobby that we all had or the shared interest and that kind of grew quite quickly into more of a, a membership community hosting workshops I founded the Northern Blog Awards here in Manchester and suddenly was stood on stage in front of 250 people, agencies, brands, and was kind of like, what, when did that happen? <laughs> you know, um, and I started to commercialize that, you know, my blog and work with brands as influencer marketing was becoming a thing. And I left my job. I had a baby and kind of started to explore the world of entrepreneurialism which mm. I definitely didn't identify as an entrepreneur back then I was just like how am I going to make this work you know what am I going to do to bring some money in um but I loved it I absolutely loved working for myself I loved building something myself and what I'd realized over that what by that point was you know seven years was I'd built so many skills on how to build a brand and how to market yourself online and I'd always loved that side of things anyway that I started to teach other women you know and it would be women who did different things like had different businesses but were trying to build an online presence and that's kind of the start of my journey as a mentor as a coach which is where I sit now kind of through the turmoil of the pandemic and pivoting and 
kind of figuring out where my skills lie now um I love 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 to mentor women who are growing their own businesses with their business but also with their marketing online so that's kind of how I got to where I am now yeah at what point did you introduce the podcast or that you felt like you came across podcasts and felt like because you seem to be like blogging from like the very beginning of when you started to old I'm old yeah (laughs) Yeah. in in blogging terms I am old yeah um (laughs) Do you know what? It's a good and I should have looked this up because I think I've had must have had my podcast for at least four years, at least four years, maybe a bit longer. But I it was certainly when I was still predominantly blogging, but starting to build my business, which back then I had a business called We Blog North. So that was the community that I built and that was Mm -hmm. what the awards were based around and the workshops. So it would have been when I had We Blog North and um I was super, super interested and so I had a baby at the time in this notion of being a woman, a mum, trying to like make your own business, trying to like be a good partner trying to be a good mate trying to be you know healthy and fit and so this notion of can we have it all just kept coming up in conversation with like me and my peers like my girlfriends were like can we really have it all do you know what I mean like can Mm. we have the job that we want and be a good mum and all of this and so that's where the idea kind of came from so it would have been yeah kind of during we blog north times that I started it again I want to say before podcasts were kind of as big as they were I mean they were big in the kind of probably like fiction space and the um more what I would say professional space but your average kind of content creator didn't really have a podcast so no I was just giving it a bit of a go um and I wanted a um a platform where I could really deep dive with other women and that's how my podcast started it was all about interviews and it shifted a little bit now but it started as you know deep hour conversations with other women who were you know exploring this idea of creating their own businesses and carving their own life. So when you came up so you came up with that idea did you how did you find the women that you had to come on were they people that you that you knew already um that you worked yeah. with or the people from yeah. your the blogging kind of group that were in the same position yeah I started as with everything I do I always look at who is in my network mm. already yeah, because course, I yeah. I believe that's the easiest place to start it's often mm. the most comfortable place to start and it felt to me natural to kind of almost continue the conversations that I was having offline with women online Mm -hmm. and so I knew that you know particularly as content creators that's is kind of predominantly who I started interviewing I knew that they would be comfortable like talking and being kind of interviewed yeah so that's how it started I just looked at my immediate community I looked at the blogging community the women that I'd gotten to know through Instagram and the influencer kind of community and you know approached I think three or four of them just to say look I'd love to just have this chat with you totally informal that's kind of how I always approach everything I do um let's like try and have a little bit of a laugh with it and see what happens and so I lined up I think three three of the the women and recorded them to kind of 
get a few under my belt and Mm -hmm. then loved it they loved it and I was like yeah let's roll with this let's do it and kind of did a first season of it yeah so is that did you plan like just a season to start with or did you kind of go all in and say right I'm just gonna go and do it every week or however often you can I be really honest with you Rachel there wasn't much of a plan (laughs) <laughs> other than and then to be honest there probably still isn't enough of a plan which I like do not listen to me anybody who is listening to this like be more organized than me because I definitely didn't know how I wanted it to shape like how I wanted to shape it I, I, with everything I do I do it because I kind of want to and I feel like it's the right thing I don't over strategize things mm-hmm. I let it kind of unfold because I didn't know if I would enjoy creating podcasts. I didn't know if people would enjoy listening to them. And then, so I didn't want to like map out, I'm going to do a 12 episode series and then I'm going to break. And I still don't really do that. I kind of go where my passion goes and where my energy goes. So, you know, this is probably very, this is why we need people like you, Rachel, to organize us, right? Because I know that I could be far more strategic and far more organized with it, but certainly starting off, I just wanted to see where it would take me. So Mm. I definitely wanted to get a few episodes recorded. I remember kind of probably three, four, maybe even five episodes recorded before I launched so that people could have a few episodes to listen to when I launched rather than it just being one sat there. So I definitely remember kind of blocking time and energy to kind of pre-record some make sure they were all good to go and then have them sat there ready and waiting before I did the full kind of I've got this podcast um but other than that I let it kind of roll to where it feels like then there's a natural pause so I had a bit of a natural pause um after interviewing a lot of guests and then I started to play around with the format a little bit in um season two and like now I've got a very different format largely because of lockdown and kind of pivoting slightly more into the business coaching space rather than purely content creation space so I've got quite a different format now but again 2023 I'll be mixing it up and kind of you know reintroducing interviews and things like that again so I'm a very I'm a believer in things should be fluid and grow with you and evolve with you I'd agree with that. I do think that once you've, if you're, what if you want your podcast to grow and change and something happens in your business and you change it, I don't think that you should be afraid to change it. I'm all for planning and and, and doing, getting all that to start with, but I I don't want to be, or I don't think you should be too rigid in that planning because Mm. you're kind of making a rod for your own back then. If something changes, circumstances changes you should be and and that is kind of one of the benefits of running your own business and you being in charge is that you can make those changes quickly and yeah change your mind because you're not answering to anybody else it's your own decision so I do yeah. like that and I think that if your podcast if you feel that it would work in a different way or a different format you shouldn't be afraid of changing it up really because it could end up if it's not working you're kind of feeling like you're you're flogging a dead horse really in in that respect and I think it will come across in your podcast with listeners if you're doing something that um you know doesn't spark that joy and I think you do have to enjoy doing podcasting I think if you feel like it's I mean yes sometimes it does feel like a bit of a chore and you think oh I've got all this to do but 
ultimately you must enjoy podcasting to carry on doing that yeah. to doing podcasting as a as a thing for totally. yeah yeah and I I love it I really do love it I had no idea that I would love it again I think it was just something somebody at some point said oh why don't you try that like give mm. podcasting a go I really like the idea of I'm quite like I'm somebody who likes depth and I like connection it's one of my kind of like well my values and what I look for in relationships but also with clients and I like that there's a deeper sense of connection with the podcast I feel like there's something about having someone in your ears like it feels much more intimate it feels um like you can go into a deeper level than you would on social media for instance and you know I'm a blogger so I like long-form content like that's where I come from I come from like bashing out you know 800,000 yeah. words about something so kind of short captions and things were quite alien to me so when I discovered podcasting it felt really comfortable like I mm. like being able to go a little bit deeper on subjects and um I think that's one of the real strengths of podcasting it gives you that ability so yeah I know I absolutely love it and you know there's uh, you know I've talked about changing format and things but there's always been a theme I always have a theme running through that can we have it always always the kind of thread that runs through everything but mm -hmm. I think you can play around and kind of discover what fits right at the time for you yeah like different aspects of that as well mm. it's not just something that is static is it you can change it and as you change and your business changes you're still going to be thinking that same question as yeah you go on in your journey and so it is still relevant to that absolutely yeah so in terms of tech um, how did you get on with like doing the recording? Did you go out and buy mics or did you kind of, because one thing I think is a bit of a barrier sometimes it is equipment wise. Yeah, um, totally. I think that you don't need to have expensive equipment to start. I mean, it's always nice if you can get a nice mic and et cetera. Um, yeah. So how did you find all the tech side of things? So I just want to start by saying I am not a techie person. And so if anybody's listening to this and thinking, oh, I can't start a podcast because I'm not very tech minded, like you absolutely can, because I'm not. And you can figure it out. It doesn't have to be difficult. Um, you can get support. You know, I had somebody help me set it up. And then once it was set up, I kind of knew then how to add a recording or how to upload a recording. So that side of things, like definitely don't let it be a barrier. In terms of like like route of entry, I remember buying a little um, road mic, like a little road um, sit on your desk mic. I think it was about 60 quid from Amazon. And to be honest, that was, again, I want to say, Rachel, you might disagree, but if we're looking at like four or five years ago, it wasn't even back then, like there wasn't as many apps and readily available tools. I do feel no, like right, there wasn't, no. you could probably buy a really good mic now for like 20 quid on Amazon whereas back then maybe 60 quid was like the entry point but even that you know kind of mm -hmm. was a worthwhile investment so I remember putting up getting a mic and having some headphones because I knew that that was going to help the sound and I first because it was interviews I first recorded through Skype so I used a tool, and I'm trying to think of what the app was. I might have to, like, come back to you. 
but there was an app that would pull the audio from a Skype recording okay and then just turn it into an mp4 right and so then you just had that file and then I would edit it in GarageBand so I still edit my podcast in GarageBand Mm -hmm. because I find it really simple to just I don't overly edit my podcast by the way Mm -hmm. so because they're quite conversational but if there was anything like a massive coughing fit in the middle then I could just very quickly sort of snip it out and that's about as fancy as I got um now I think you know I'm sat here wearing my airpods you know which didn't exist when I started (laughs) podcasting the sound is really good you know I have recorded when I was away in Italy a podcast on my phone using a voice memo app you know and that was great quality so I do think particularly now you don't need fancy equipment to start a podcast you know yes Mm. you can have really high production quality however don't let it block you from starting because you can literally just sit there with your phone and create yeah, a podcast. They're so good. The quality of them, it's the same with cameras. I mean, people make mm. people make films on iPhones. I mean, there's... Yeah, exactly. I'm a bit of a film geek myself and, and I've read in my film magazines about people who have entered... I can't remember what film it was now that made it on the i all on the iPhone edited it on on the iphone as well yeah and probably then, like cam film festival or something yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so to record it i mean headphones do help um like you say like having your airpods or sometimes you can get the the normal plug-in ones that have the little microphone on them just so it's closer to your mouth but i think that um yeah it's it's it shouldn't be a barrier to, to stopping you from starting I have met a few people out there that are kind of like, oh, you need all this quality. And my myself, like my husband's a sound engineer and he, like when he listens to stuff, he's, he he can pick stuff out that I can't. And, and I, and I get that. And if you're making a radio program or whatever, then yes, you do have to have it like that because people are paying for it. But I think that at our level, as long as it's not too distracting about what's going on in the background, you've not got somebody banging the mic or there's a big noise. I think that I have, I've listened to so many podcasts and very few people I've thought, I can't listen to that. Like probably, probably none, maybe one. That was it. And that is just shows that you don't have to think, right, I've got to get like a proper studio. Yes. Anything I would say on sound is think equipment wise, you know, you can use kind of what you've got, but definitely try to be somewhere that you're not disturbed by ambient noise. Because I think that is the only thing, unless you are literally, that's the style of your podcast, you're like a roving reporter or, you know, out on the streets, it can be distracting for the listener if there's too much going on around, can't there? So yeah, at the very, at the very least, you know, try and be in a quiet room somewhere whilst you're recording and I feel like that's enough to start yeah I, yeah so those things to do to do that like closing windows turning off fans make sure your phone's turned off all those little things all just contribute to you know the non-background noise which yeah and then everything else just gets and then speaking clearly um yeah and having the microphone kind of near you as opposed to miles away but people generally yeah. 
pretty savvy pretty pretty when it comes to your phones and things like that these like say the tech is so more advanced even from a few years ago even there's so many different apps and everything out there for you to use and Absolutely. um what pod um podcast <laughs> what um podcast host do you use so I'm on SoundCloud, so okay I um, upload straight into there. I know when um, I had some help setting it up, you know, that was all done for me and the RSS feed and all that techie side was kind of sorted. But SoundCloud for me is so easy because, as I said earlier, I just edit my podcast in GarageBand, save it down as an mp4 and then upload it into SoundCloud and you get to put in all your little you know tags and your your um show notes and things like that and then it's straight up it's straight up online so yeah I find it super super easy yeah um I've not used SoundCloud uh, when I first started I used Anchor which is linked to Spotify oh yeah um, yeah and you can I think you can even record in the platform now because you can add um you can edit in there you can add sound things little jingles Like jingles. and music and all sorts of things if you want if you want to I, I don't do that I've I've used Captivate now for this podcast but that's because Because I'm a podcast manager as well, I wanted to try like a paid for platform and um, captivate a kind of um, a new company and they're all about their growth. They have some growth labs. So that was kind of like Nice. part of my own podcast Yeah, manager journey. journey as well. So I wouldn't necessarily say if it's your first podcast because it's a paid platform as well. Yeah. And um, perhaps it's good. Is SoundCloud free or is that a paid platform? Yeah, I no, I think it's free. I'm pretty sure I'm on the free. I think as with loads of things, there's different tiers. Yeah, So you can again, get the different, a bit like yeah. a bit like you said, you can have, you know, you can use their royalty free music, you can create jingles, you can kind of do lots within the app. I use it as it at its bare minimum of I upload and then click yeah and go. Um, and that's been enough for me. So yeah, I I highly recommend it. Super simple. yeah so did you have like or do you have a, an overarching kind of goal for your podcast Well, I guess, you know, it there's always going to be an element that I want it to make sense to my business. You know, I what I've realized over the years is the thing I love about podcasting, um, which is very different to something maybe like social media, is you don't necessarily know who's listening and you don't necessarily know how long people are listening for. And then, you know, I've had clients who then go, oh, you know, I discovered you because of your podcast and, you know, six months ago or a year ago. So I love that it's a platform that can help my business and help my business grow and introduce clients to me and introduce me to new people. So that's definitely part of it. And the way I'm kind of moving, you know, the content is far more kind of business centric. But as I said, kind of right at the beginning, like positive psychology is something that I'm so passionate about that I really do. I'm kind of on a mission to raise awareness of positive psychology in all aspects of life. And I think podcasting just has this incredible ability to reach people, you know, that you would never be able to reach Yeah. in any other way. And so I guess one of my overall goals as well is to raise awareness about positive psychology and how everybody can integrate that incredible science into their life and improve their well-being. So it's kind of two prongs like yes lovely to have clients and grow my business but also genuinely part of my mission is to
audiences far and wide. And sometimes when you look at your stats and you look at the different countries that have listened and it's like, oh, yeah. gosh, the, didn't realise somebody from there would would, re, would like, and, and you wouldn't never be able to do that, like, yeah. years ago, would you be able to no. access, obviously, like we say, with technology coming along as well. And I like what you said, like, at the beginning, going back to what you said at the beginning about it being like a personal voice in your ear. That mm. is exactly how I think about podcasts. And when I've listened to them um, and got into when I first kind of like fell down the podcast rabbit hole, if you will, that was one of the things um, that I liked about it, that you do feel like that person's talking to you. Yeah. And it is a really great way for people to get to know you as a business owner as well. Obviously, it's you know, that's not the sole reason why you're doing your podcast. Same same with me. I want to be able to help women who don't know what to do with starting a podcast or need some help with their podcasting. So that's kind of the idea around it. But it is a way for them to get to know who you are, what you talk like, whether they feel like they would gel with you. So it's yeah, a kind totally. of a nice, I don't know, pre-qualifier kind of thing as well for them to get to know you a little bit more. Um, I find it with social media and i was saying this to somebody the other day in a networking group i kind of prefer um talking like one-on-one -on -one or in a networking group i yeah. found this recently because on social media when you're writing comments and things like that which is fine it's a nice way to keep in touch it's kind of like a text or something but yeah. i feel like you you don't really get to know somebody very well unless you yeah. have some conversations with them as well and that's when you get to know whether you really gel with them and i think podcast can podcasting can be a great introducer to that um, from your perspective as a business owner and then perhaps being um part of your community and then engage with those people on a personal level after they've listened to the episode as well yeah but i, I feel like yeah it's, it's a really great communicator it's definitely like a connection builder and i mm. think like picking up on what you said i totally agree the hearing someone's voice is so key to that no like and trust mm. because i think you know we're we're facing a world where we see so much like text and you know emails and and they're great and they have a place and i love them too but there's nothing like hearing the way somebody says something and hearing what their personality is like and you know when they laugh and what they you know and i just think that's mm. why podcasting i know when i listen and when I sort of binge listen, particularly when you really get into a podcast, you're like, oh, I'm going to listen to like five episodes on the trot. You feel like you know that person, don't you? Like yeah. You definitely feel like if you were to bump into them, you could have a conversation because you know what they sound like and how they speak. Yeah. And I think that's quite a special, you know, a special thing um, that you don't get on all the other kind of platforms. No. And I do think that... Um once you've listened to someone's podcast and you are consuming their social media content, like, because I've listened to your podcast and when I read your posts, I can kind of hear your voice anyway coming through yeah. your posts because yeah. I've listened and I, I know what you sound like and what you're talking about and things. So that's kind of like maybe a nice addition that could happen as well yeah, for people totally. that are looking at your content online. Um, yeah. Speaking of social media and online content, so how do you go about promoting your podcast? So anywhere and everywhere, basically, yeah. anywhere that you show up, talk about it. I think one of the biggest things I would say is host it on your website if you've got a website. So I've got a, a page, 
that my podcast episodes get fed into and so I have it's essentially like a blog post for every podcast episode and you know there's a couple of reasons for that it means that if people find you um they will like if they're a podcast like listener they will likely navigate and try and see if you've got one mm-hmm. it's great for your seo so it means you your podcast is more searchable and it also means it's great when you're marketing to feed the traffic through your own site you yeah. know before they then go on to soundcloud or apple iTunes, uh, apple podcast or whatever feed it through because you know, I'm a digital market, marketer through and through. So I want you to have the traffic, right, first. Mm. So if you're hosting your podcast on your own website, you know, in terms of having a, um, them on a page, that can really, really help. So that's the first kind of thing that I yeah. did was made sure I had a podcast tab on my blog, podcast tab on my business website. Um, and then it's, you know, shouting about it on all your social media platforms. It's talking about it in person at events you know we forget in the online space we can still communicate in actual real life you know and say (laughs) do you like podcasts I've got one here get it up on your you know on your iPhone and also in groups that you're a part of you know online or otherwise so um you know share those episodes if you know that something's a, a useful topic to people that are in the group and it's okay to do so share it like share the share the episode I think I feel like podcast is very similar to blogging, which is obviously why I'm drawn to it, in that you can run the danger of thinking, oh, I've done the episode, I'll never talk about it again. When actually yeah. the beauty of podcasting, just like blog posts, is you can repurpose it again and again. You can pull out an episode from the archives and talk about it again. You know, people are going to find you at different times. And unlike a social media feed where it's kind of gone after a few days, yeah. you can go back to the beginning and listen from you know four years ago if you wanted to yeah so I always say keep sharing and repurposing and kind of yeah pointing backwards as well as you know to your current episodes yeah repurposing is a big one I think and um one of my clients has me Edgar and they use you can it's really good for evergreen content so you can plug all your content in and then um it will like shuffle all the stuff so it kind of shuffles they've got different clips sometimes a full-length episode so that's really that works really well for them so i see them repurposing their stuff all the time and now with my own um i kind of do mine on a four weekly basis like i batch mine and i have now because i just ended up thinking oh i've just haven't why am i not talking about all my other episodes so like bringing those back into my current um what i'm doing for my my digital marketing is bringing those episodes back out um, yeah. and, and talking about them because like you say, they are still relevant and people are joining you at different points in their journey. So yeah. they may well really want to go back and listen to that at the beginning. And I think that that as well, you've got like a, a massive big content bank there for yourself and you can keep repurposing them in terms of whole episode clips, yeah, creating social media captions, creating carousels. There's a whole load of things that you can do with them and, um yeah rather than kind of it is easy to forget the artist I've done those yeah and, and they um, and they're there yeah. in the in the vault but yeah, yeah and I and I I certainly you know something else that maybe people wouldn't think of is you know if you're creating blog posts for instance you can if you're talking about a topic you can say oh if you like this or you want to know a little bit more I I've 
recorded a podcast episode on it and just you know embed a link it doesn't always have to be yeah. all singing or dancing like promotion mm-hmm. but it's that kind of you know um linking that journey that you want your audience to go on when they find you and if they're landing on your website and they're interested mm-hmm. in a topic can you serve them a podcast episode to take them to that space mm-hmm. you know and it's really thinking of that that user journey or that that audience journey yeah which is why I love it talking about audience do you have what is your target audience um I know you talked so, about having mums and, and entrepreneurs is it more specific now that you've pivoted towards more the mental yeah, side of things I think I mean it's largely the same I I you know predominantly help women solopreneurs mm-hmm. so women who are building their businesses pretty much single-handedly now as I've grown and my clients grow that turns into you know women entrepreneurs with little teams of people and you know or business yeah. partners so it's not like I've only ever worked with women who only work on their own but I think predominantly solopreneurs um who are probably you know started their business journey so that they're, they're in it and they know that they want to do it and they know that they're doing something that kind of works but they don't know where to go next and they don't know how to build it like that's where I can really help women and support them and help them flourish in their businesses um, and their income but also just feeling good doing it mm. because I think this is part of it like we need to enjoy and have fun whilst we do it we don't start working for ourselves for an easy ride it's not the easy option you know (laughs) despite what some people might think or what it Mm. might look like on social media you don't work for yourself for the easy option you work for yourself because you want to change the world or you you love it you want to change the way your life is Mm -hmm. so it's not about you know um it, it being easy but it's about it should be fun and it should be enjoyable and that's what I aim to help women kind of figure out you know yeah um yeah 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 it's um it, it should be fun and I mean it isn't like I said it isn't easy <laughs> and you do have no. those hard days but um having that guidance to help you you know get on that way and be stay positive and enjoy it is is an important thing I've seen a lot about your um your away is it your away days that you do my retreat retreat that's it oh and fabulous oh. pictures of uh, yeah. the retreat looks amazing do you want to tell us a little bit about that yeah so I have just I think what Rachel's referring to probably is my Tuscan retreat yes. I've just come yes. just come back from so it's <laughs> the first the first one I've held I for those you know you guys will not know me listening to this but I um have family in Italy as well so I'm very fortunate to be oh, able to lovely. spend summer's in Italy and it's part of you know my why and it's part of why I do what I do so that's to allow me to do that and have my time with, with the family there and I it holds a very special place in my heart so I've always talked about Tuscany being my happy place about the place where I am at my best most creative where all my business ideas come and I thought I need to take my clients you know I need to take my clients there I, I need them to experience this too so I did so I hosted my first um kind of mastermind retreat so three days nine women in a house in Tuscany really kind of thrashing out their businesses supporting each other you know learning from each other and it was so incredible and I think you know I've really realized and you know this is why I love podcasting I've said a couple of times 
I like depth and connection with people. Mm -hmm. And so for me, next year is going to be about how I can create that, you know, how I can create experiences that allow that depth and connection. And I think when it comes to business and development, you are going to remember a moment where you were like sat in Tuscany and having this incredible experience and came up with an amazing business idea or felt really validated Mm -hmm. more than potentially sitting online and like doing a course you know and (laughs) and everything and I'm not saying that that's not got its place as well because I still firmly believe in that kind of learning too but I want to add that extra element to what I do the work that I do with my clients so there will be more retreats there will be one in Tuscany but there will also be some in the UK as well in beautiful places in the UK and there'll be more events because I want to bring the flavor that I love online but combine it with that depth that you can get in person as well so that's kind of that's where I'm I'm building right it sounds really valuable I do as much as I love everything online and me starting I mean I, I started my business because I got made redundant so it's like a pandemic kind of maybe mm. if you will but um with doing a little bit more networking seeing some people it is nice to just think actually having seen people like we were saying earlier seeing people in in real life and yeah having that extra connection is, yeah. is a really important thing for us all absolutely absolutely and if ideal scenarios you get the best of both worlds you can yeah. build something incredible and who doesn't want to go to Tuscany <laughs> well you know you know the food looks along. amazing I'm so je- I was so jealous oh, yeah yeah that's my happy place for sure <laughs> yeah oh it's been great talking to you today Holly I'd just like to finish off with asking if you just have um any you've offered lots of pieces of advice during <laughs> our chat but do you have any one piece of advice for anyone um starting out their podcasts I've kind of got, I guess, two angles of advice. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) one is if you're somebody that you know you want to do it, but you're getting blocked by, you know, the the big picture of it, you're getting overwhelmed by what it could be, I would say don't overthink it. It's okay to just give something a go and kind of figure it out as you go along because there will be certain personality types that need to know that, right? And, you know is to don't become overwhelmed by it being a huge thing. The kind of second, I guess, prong to that bit of advice is get support. You know, if that's what's stopping you, if the idea of editing it, sorting it, arranging it, all of that is too much, but you know you want this to be a part of this channel, get support. You know, get somebody to help you organise it, you know, edit it, whatever. We've got lovely you sat here Rachel those people (laughs) like yourself you know I now get my VA to help me coordinate some of the elements of my podcasting so that it fits in and doesn't feel like a chore and I just think if you know you want a podcast that something like that's holding you back don't let it because it doesn't have to yeah brilliant advice thank you Holly (laughs) and do you want to let if people want to get in touch with you to find out more about what you do where's the best place to do that so obviously come listen to me on my podcast can we have it all and you know I always encourage people there to come over onto Instagram my business Instagram is at the flourish mentor I love people to slide into my DMs, so please do feel like you can do that because I'm always sat there ready to reply 
And if all else fails, everything about me and what I do is on my website, which is holly-wood.co.uk. Brilliant. I will put all those links um, in the show notes as well so people can listen to podcasts and find you easily. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Holly. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to connect with me or get in touch, then head on over to my website. If you liked the episode, then I'd love it if you could leave me a review in your chosen podcast app. Your feedback is much appreciated. See you next time.